this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'ona, Tehillim, and Other Hebrew Text Podcast, episode 162. The following is the recitation of Psalm 147, aka Perak or Mizmor Kuf Mem Zion. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Psalm 147. Hallelujah. Ki tov zamra Eloheinu. Ki naim nava tehila. Bone Yerushalayim Adonai. Nidche Yisrael Yechanes. Harofe Lishvure Lev Umechabesh Le Atvotam Mone Mispar Lako Havim Lechulam Shemot Yikra Gadol Adonenu Verav Koach Lit vu nato ein mispar me oded anavim adonai mashpil rishaim ade arets enu ladonai vitoda zamru Lelohenu Bechinor Hamechase Shamaim Baavim Hamechin Laaretz Matar Hamatmiach Harim Chatzir Notain Livhema Lachma Livne Orev Asher Yikra'u Lo Vigvurat Hasus Yachpatz Lo Ve Shokei Haish Yirza Rotsa Adonai et Yireav et Hameyachalim Lechasto Shabchi Yerushalayim et Adonai Halali Elohaich Sion Ki Chizak Berichay Shearayach Berach Banayach Bekirbech Hasham Hasam Gevulich 
Shalom, Chelev, Chitim, Yasbi'ich, Hasholeach, Imrato, Aretz, Ad, Mehera, Yarutz, Devaro, Hanotain, Sheleg, Katsamer, Kefor, Kaefer, Yefazer, Mashlich, Karcho, Chifitim, Lifnei, Karato, Mi, Yaamod. Yishlach Devaro Beyam Sem Yashev Rucho Yizlu Mayim Magid Devarav Liakov Chukav Umishpatav Liisrael Lo Asa chen lechol goi. Umishpatim bal yedaum. Hallelujah. Psalm 147 is the second in the Hallelujah series of psalms following the Ashrei prayer that we customarily recite on a daily basis. There are multiple themes to note within this mizmor, namely praising Hashem for a number of different things, like what he does in this world, whether through nature or his interpersonal choices, and identifying where his power lays with an interplay between strength and humility. Also, there's the way we can see Hashem's hand, either within nature or within history, with the mere existence of the chosen nation of Israel. There are different opinions in terms of the time frame in which this was made. It seems like it would have been written by David Amelech in conjunction with the other psalms that are written similarly, like the last two we just mentioned, but that doesn't explain how he would know that Hashem would in fact gather all the exiles and rebuild Israel, unless he had prophecy of some sort that told him. Or maybe it's like even Ezra says that this is a mizmor of redemption of the future when Hashem will ingather the exiles and return them to Israel. Or maybe like the Dat Mikra says that this was said after a good rainfall during one of the three main Jewish festivals. Or when Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls of Yerushalayim. In any case, my husband pointed out that this psalm seems to be the parting messages while reaching the closing of the book namely gratitude, extolling Hashem's greatness, appreciating that, naming the unique relationships that we, the children of the covenant, have. And with this understanding that we are looking at the takeaways, verse 3, He heals the brokenhearted and treats their wounds. It stands out to me. We mentioned in the last couple of Psalms that this book of Psalms was written by wounded healers themselves. And I feel like this is the reason people even say to him, 
to help them heal from or grow beyond that which is keeping them stuck in their lives or to give a means to give gratitude for getting past those instances. Yes, some see Tehillim as this magical book that if you just say the words, it makes everything better, which is beautiful, and Kabbalistically there may even be something to that. However, ultimately the experiences and the feelings behind um, and the messages conveyed have a healing quality to them as well. And if we understand them better, and I want to delve into why that is a bit more. Uh, if you look at the first verse here, Hallelujah, ki tov zamra Eloheinu, ki na'im na'vatihila. While many translations translate this as praise God, for it is good to sing to our God, for it is pleasant. Praise is fitting. I like how the Steinsaltz's Tehillim translate the end as praise is lovely and further explains that praising God is good not only in a moral sense, but it also brings happiness to the person praising. Furthermore, the Ishbitzer Rebbe points out that the word na'im in that verse usually means nice, pretty, pleasant, etc. But in Mishlei, Chafbet, uh, and other areas of Tanakh, it means hidden. So that would mean sing to Hashem because he is hidden. It and it, it takes work while in exile to see where Hashem really is, and that is our work, is what his point is. This points out two important things that I can think of, namely the reality that song does help bring hidden or subconscious understanding to the forefront, right? Similar to what we briefly mentioned last episode, where doing something beyond the logic and rational mind, even if it's a ritualistic or creative thing, can assist with the healing process and or help to ground us. But the second point is a big takeaway that this Ms. Moore is attempting to make. That if we want to feel connected, yes, it's helpful to sing and connect in a way that is beyond rational thinking, but we have to look around us and see where Hashem is hidden in our lives. To mention a few examples that this psalm gives, when you see the clouds in the sky or the dew on the earth or the grass and the mountains or the snow beautifully described here as being laid out like fleece or the frost spread like ashes or the hail that then, jet, that, that then gets melted with just a word from him as with anything or that he feeds the beasts and even the raven that is even rejected by its own mother he feeds. The song goes on to explain that Hashem doesn't take pride in the strength of the horse or of the man, just the opposite. He wants those who appreciate the awesome things that fill our world created by him, that may be beyond our understanding, but that makes us vulnerable enough to yearn or hope or seek out his loving kindness. The psalm reiterates that Hashem created the stars and he knows the name of each one. Mind you, I think we are aware of a billion trillion stars that exist, but that he also gives each one a name, again highlighting his cosmic powers and simultaneous care for the details. The psalm ends off with the detail of the chosenness of the nation of Israel, who he decided to give this message to. I actually listened to a Christian pastor, to many Christian pastors, comments on this psalm because I was curious how they understood this. And they too acknowledge Israel's specialness in terms of being the only ones chosen for this message. Some say at first, and then they believe it was revealed to others later, etc. 
But this psalm is highlighting that we have this connection. We have this ability and tools to work through difficult times and also to praise and acknowledge the good times. We just have to give ourselves the opportunity to uncover the hidden subconscious pieces of ourselves and of Hashem in daily moments of our lives. How do we do that really, though? And not to mention, what does Hashem get out of all of this? There are a lot of commentators that will say that Hashem would have been better off not having created us at all. Something that helped me understand both of these questions better was a speech I heard from Amy Segretti, who is what's called an experienced designer. I didn't know that was a profession, but cool. She coined the phrase abductive experience, which she translates as an experience in which one is abducted away from the quotidian, aka mundane, by something deeply moving and simultaneously brought closer to oneself. She explains that the way we can make our relationships more meaningful is to design for meaning with openness, curiosity, and wonder, and to especially commit to this in our long-term relationships because That is where lethargy and stagnation can take over, and those are killers of connection. She goes on to say that experience calls for openness and working with the unknown, aka pronoia, the less well-known word that means the opposite of paranoia, which signifies the fear or suspicion of the unknown. Pronoia, instead, is the state of mind or belief that the world, unknown, or universe is conspiring for you to create positive, beautiful moments in your life, believing that everything that happens is meant to be. This resonates with what our psalm is teaching us about being curious and open to everything in us and around us in order to form a deeper connection with ourselves and Hashem. She then describes how, as a designer, she can't help feel creativity, rejuvenation, empathy, and devotion that enlivens her and cycles back to her, a sentiment that helps me appreciate what Hashem would gain from creating experiences for us such as simply elegant as the making and melting of snow, etc., described in this psalm. Side note that That is, if you go by the logic that he created a need for us to begin with through symptom, a.k.a. contraction, but that I believe we discussed in a different episode. In any case, I like how she points out that the experiencer in the experiences that she creates is invited to embody surrender and to notice the clues around us and magic in everyday life bringing more care, attention, attunement, and wonder with this ability to feel connection and a presence of mind and appreciation for what is in front of them. So the invitation that this Ms. Moore is giving us is to attempt to create an abductive moment for ourselves or someone else. It didn't work. The poetic lingo didn't speak to you here then maybe displace yourself from your usual routine and look at things with a different perspective. Or the tip in general is to ask the meaningful questions that will more likely generate meaningful answers. For example, instead of asking, what do I need to do right now? Ask, what do I need right now? 
and tune in. And even if the answer is procrastinate in bed, give yourself that to help yourself connect to yourself and then be more present later when you actually need, when you actually accomplish your task. Or for someone you don't know, try changing out the W's of who, what, where, when, why questions. So instead of where do you live, it's when do you live and feel most alive. If on a regular basis, we can help ourselves and others get out of our mundane mindsets and instead notice and appreciate the details and grandiose things that we appreciate in our lives, then we help avoid those connection killers, lethargy and stagnation, and instead embody curiosity, care, and wonder that can help sustain even long-term relationships. May we be able to feel connected to ourselves and others on a regular basis and gain an appreciation of the simple and grandiose things that take place in our lives. The learning and recitation for this week's psalm is for the merit that those who feel the lethargy of their routine and stagnation in their connections, may they learn how to embody curiosity and wonder and be able to embody the feeling of surrender to the beauty and care in the world that surrounds them. Also, in honor of my niece, Yakira Eliora's recent bat mitzvah, may she continue to give nachas to her family and everyone that she meets and continue to be an example of what embodying curiosity and wonder of the world and Hashem means. In good health, Admeya Ve'esrim Shana. episode that you would like to sponsor or if you have any questions please email me at nursenisa1 n-u-r-s-e-n-i-s-a the number one at gmail.com also don't forget to join the facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes please subscribe and share thank you for joining okay.